Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you on the program, J.L. Carpenter, with a series we're doing in connection with thedailyblaze.com, and it is called Justice in the Law with J.L. Carpenter. And uh, what it is is a look at video, uh, true crime videos, and looking at it from a, really from a legal perspective. Happened. What happened here? Uh, those type of things. And so we look at some of the most popular ones. I, I tend to gravitate towards Netflix. Uh, I think uh, that is one thing that Netflix does extremely well is true crime. And uh, there's uh, a, a one that, in fact, was uh, uh, part of uh, uh, by a team that's done some really extraordinary work. One of my favorite ones is uh, Don't F With Cats, and you know what F stands for. And, uh, and, and the same team made one we're going to talk about today, uh, which is the most hated man on the Internet. And let me tell you, you, you don't have to watch this guy for long uh, before you start hating him too. Isn't that right, JL? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into it, though, let's talk about you and your legal practice. Uh, I love the work you do, uh, and you have such a unique background, having had uh, work as both a prosecutor and a defense attorney. Can you give us a little bit of your story, and, and of course, mention your website where we can get more information? Well, thanks. This is always so much fun to do. Um, thanks for having me on. My website is JL carpenterlaw.com. I practice criminal defense and have had my practice open since 2006 in Harris County and surrounding counties. Very good. So let's uh, let's get into this topic. Let's talk about this. Uh, first of all, why don't you let me just give the basic thesis. There's there's this guy who uh, apparently has like uh, real serious emotional issues of his own extremely narcissistic. You don't have to be a psychiatrist or psychologist to figure this, <laughs> figure this out. Uh, he, he strikes me as one who has been incredibly emotionally injured and uh, kind of practices a scorched earth uh, view, particularly towards women. He, he's very misogynist. He hates women, in my opinion. Obviously, he uses them. And um, all over the web, you know, he's finding, he, he's finding in, in a very nefarious fashion, um, horrible videos that had no business being on public display, and they show up on a website uh, that he owns. And, um, and as a result, it creates huge trauma, obviously drama, people losing jobs, relationships ending, you know, and, and again, we're just scratching the surface. You've got to watch this, uh, this series. And uh, basically, all of this leads to... Uh, the Netflix video, and so with that, kind of jump in. What are some things that, that caught your attention immediately when you watched this? Well, yeah, in his own words, he says he got his heart broken, and so this was his way of getting revenge, and he created a website where there were videos and photos posted of women, and it hurt a lot of these women. Um, in particular, there was one kindergarten teacher um, who lost her job because of what was posted on this website, and a lot of women were fighting to take these images down, which is kind of the storyline. But most interesting, I think everyone's first inclination is to blame the victim. Like, if you hadn't taken these pictures, they wouldn't be out there. Yeah, yeah. That, isn't that funny how that ends up working? You know, people do things for a loved one or maybe for themselves, whatever the deal is. 
but they turned the tables on him. It really kind of shows still uh, as a culture the, the amount of misogyny I think is uh, uh, pervasive in our culture. Well, and then when you find out that most of these images were hacked, and so they were in someone's private email and never supposed to leave there, and they're hacked, and he's paying for this hacker to get these images, and then won't take them down, refuses to take them down, that, that's an entire different layer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it, it, it is incredible. I mean, so much intrigue. It really, watching it felt a lot like fiction. You even have one of the most prominent, uh, often uh, uh, hard to describe, are they good guys, are they bad guys, uh, with Anonymous uh, playing a huge role, uh, the cyber hackers uh, Anonymous, and frankly, they do whatever they want. They, they kind of almost remind me of, uh, of, uh, of anti-heroes, right? Uh, they're, not, they're not good guys. They can do good things, uh, but they're very complicated. They end up playing a role and in taking an interest in this thing. Right, and I mean, what a hero for the one young lady's mom to take on this task, even beyond what she needed to, so that she could put a, a stop to this guy. Oh, yeah. She lived really dangerously on this. I mean, really dangerously, because essentially, um, Hunter Moore, we haven't even mentioned his name, um, the, the, the main character of this, the most hated man on the Internet. And, you know, we know the media is famous for hyperbole, but they may have got it right with that title. <laughs> but, That's true. Uh, Hunter Moore, Hunter Moore uh, you know, uh, essentially had a, a personality cult, didn't he? He did. He, they called themselves a family, and they threatened this young lady's mom who was trying just to get her daughter's image off the website and ultimately did with the help of her husband, who was a lawyer, basically made one phone call and said, it's going to cost your claim more than it's going to cost mine because I'm her stepdad. And so yeah. her image came down, but her mom was like, no, now I have to fight for all these other young ladies that I've talked to. I think she interviewed 40 other young ladies. And she kept on fighting until she was able to bring Hunter Moore down and to justice. And it's really unbelievable because, let's face it, uh, nowadays you're a good mom, you know, or a good dad. If you, do, if, you, if you just stop with getting that, your own child's image now. You're pretty heroic in our culture. We've got so many parents who are like, really, what kind of mess did you get yourself into? And, uh, you know, again, right, turning the tables on him, even contributing to the blade. And, uh, it, I mean, she went so beyond because, again, this, this cult was threatening her with rape, with murder, with you name it, and uh, yet she continued to, uh, to work on it, continued to plow on in uh, the most courageous way. And so, um, but it really took a long time before any real action began to happen. Talk about that. Talk about some of the reasons why. Kind of give us that sense. So this is another example that we talk about where the law has just not caught up with how things have changed in our society and community. And in this situation, the Internet and the laws regarding the Internet. So for a long time, Hunter Moore was not doing anything illegal. And the way they were able to get to him was through the FBI for the hacking scheme, not for what he was posting, but for the hacking, um, which ultimately he had to go do some federal penitentiary time for that. But then the Congress and the state legislature started to catch up. And in fact, in Texas, I think it was 2019 when they finally solidified a statute that made basically what we call revenge porn illegal. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is, uh, and, and so that is one of the dilemmas, isn't it? We'll have, you know, I'll interview you, and we'll talk about specific situations, and you'll say things, yeah, but that's only the case in Iowa. If it happened in uh, Illinois, it would not be the same. And that's part of our federal system. That really is comes right down to Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, where it talks about we have a Republican form of government. And that's not big R, that's small r. And what that means is that it's, it's a very much a federalist system. And it's hard to get federal legislation done. Well, and in fact, I mean, this website was up from 2010 to 2012 was when it finally came down. But it wasn't until 2020 when at least 42 of our 50 states had passed laws in respect to unlawfully disclosing or um, promoting intimate materials or images. Yeah, yeah. Moore was sentenced to two years and six months in prison, a $2,000 fine, which I think is a joke, and $145.70 in restitution, also a joke. I think of the opportunity costs as victims paid in just dealing with him, be it everything from income loss, uh, from losing jobs, to, uh, you know, the whole nine yards, uh, you know, hundred and something bucks. That's just ridiculous. He was released from prison in 2017 um, after being um, in May 2017. So essentially he served, it looks like, a year and a half in, in an actual serve serving time. To me, to, to me, it got pretty light. Uh, I guess it seems to have worked with him. Uh, he's essentially disappeared. His engine, his business model depended heavily on social media, and he's been banned from all social media, from what I can tell. And uh, so, uh, but, you know, to me, it seems like he, he got away with a lot with a relatively minor uh, punishment. And again, it goes back to what you just said. Um, there's not a body of law yet at that time, that covered all of his nefariousness. That's right, and I think it's um, ironic that somebody who was so public and was constantly putting on a show for his family and his followers, and you know, now he's completely silent and just he disappeared. Yeah. I'm sure he's terrified. <laughs> so, so which means it worked, right? The the, the consequences worked. Uh, I, I think uh, honestly, I think um, I think the anonymous for those who aren't familiar with it, if something nefarious, something shocking happens when it comes to a hack, uh, if it's not a government like China or Russia, uh, it's often anonymous. Anonymous, you know, and anonymous is huge on civil liberties. Uh, it, it seems to really hate bullies and uh, bullies. It uh, it bullies boys. <laughs> and so I think that whole situation, you know, they have their own cult, if you will. And it's like, you really want to put, you know, your little family against uh, our machine? And uh, I, I was really, you cannot help but be uh, impressed by uh, anonymous response. No, that was really awesome. And, um, you know, and he gives his story about why it was so important to him to make sure that, People weren't being bullied, but, you know, some of these young ladies' stories about how they were impacted from Hunter Moore's conduct was just heartbreaking, just absolutely heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're talking young mothers, you're talking about, you know, it's just incredible. Uh, People who are in, in, in jobs that 
simply would never allow them to have that kind of exposure. And again, it was never meant to be. It was done through hacking. And uh, their careers are ruined. Uh, it is heartbreaking. There is no other word uh, for it. And I, wanna, I, I don't like giving too much information because ultimately I want the viewer to check it out. Again, it's at Netflix. Uh, the most hated man on the internet, uh, but, but the stuff they did, they being anonymous, is like uh, uh, for, you know uh, attacked all of his financial accounts, uh, transferred huge amounts of money to other sources. Uh, I think some of it actually went to organizations to to fight cyberbullying, but, but I think they got rectified. He no longer existed for a while. Right? They wiped him out from a, a a social security perspective. Uh, he uh, he, Hunter Moore essentially did not exist legally. I mean, it was incredible. Right. It was incredible. And the funny part about that was that you know, while he's bringing in thousands of dollars a day, he was snorting it through his nose every day because he could not keep up with his cocaine habit. So when they wiped out his financials. He that also put an end to his uh, his cocaine use because you know he had nothing there for it. Yeah, yeah, and I wish they had elaborated on that more. But that was obviously a huge part, and certainly played played a role in his uh, in his insane behavior, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know this this thing that we have in this in this uh, video, and I'm pretty sure this is what your fourth, your fifth with me, and we're going to continue to do them because a you and I both love true crime, and and we love b we love these uh, you know conversations and the what ifs. But again, the common theme I don't think there's been a single one where the problem was that the law hasn't caught up. And we want, you know, what we want governments to be cautious. We don't want overreach government. I know I don't, at least. Um, right. But uh, to me, part of the deal is that it, it seems like the feds in particular, the Congress doesn't want to get into this. They really want to leave it to the states. And well, uh, some of the stuff deserves blanket co coverage, in my opinion. Well, and then, of course, the other side to that is um, when the laws apply to situations that it wasn't intended to be applied to. And I represented um, a man who had never been in trouble a day in his life, but he had found images of the girl he was dating on websites that she had posted on for, like, um, sugardaddy.com or things like that. And so not only did he break up with her, but he gave the images to her ex-husband because he thought it was probably in the best interest of their child that the father knew what the mom was up to and she filed a report and he got charged with um, a felony under this new statute. We were able to get it dismissed, but that he wasn't intending to put something intimate out there that she had privately given to him. She publicly had put this on a website. Right. Right, and and uh, probably a fairly highly trafficked website with a name like that. So it was her ex who took the legal action, or her that took the legal action. She took the legal action against she her boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's an interesting act for the the ex. But you know, shame on him for uh, he had to though, right? I mean. I don't know. Wow, that's interesting. That is really an interesting example. And there's a lot of that, right? And that's one of the reasons why legislators, which, by the way, the vast majority of legislatures are made up of, of, of what? Attorneys. <laughs> Probably 70% right. 70, 70 of legislatures, in, in, including Congress, 
uh, have law degrees, uh, you know, somewhere in that, in that range. And so there's probably kind of, uh, you know, wanting to proceed with caution just because of examples like that, unintended consequences. Right, exactly. Final thoughts from you, J.L. Carpenter. By the way, make sure, make sure you mention your website again. Uh, final thoughts as we wrap it up. Well, it's definitely entertaining. I recommend everybody uh, watch it on Netflix. And, again, it's one of those situations that we talk about where the law hasn't caught up, but um, we've got the heroes and the villains and a lot of entertainment, but a lot to learn from it as well. J.L. Carpenter, jlcarpenterlaw.com. Yeah, make sure you check that out. I think our next one is going to be, we, we rarely know in advance, but uh, this one reminded me of Don't F With Cats, which is one of the best true crime ones I ever saw. It just doesn't seem real. That one doesn't seem, this one really at moments did not seem real. That one really doesn't seem real. Must viewing, we're going to talk about that in uh, next month, I bet. Thanks so much as always. Thank you. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.